Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 178 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Mob Psycho 100, episodes 7 through 8, where Dimple gives you dimples. Ritsu becomes a psychic boy, and Mob fights a man who wraps psychic powers around his own arms. You gotta wrap, wrap, wrap it around your arms before you tap, tap, tap Mob in the head. You don't want to get his <laughs> head pregnant and full of STDs. Anyways. Oh my god, that went in a different direction than I expected. Let's jump in. <laughs> Um, so I've been, one of the reasons our recording schedule has been a bit of a mess, uh, up to and including today, is that I've been really busy being in some shows, uh, in my, uh, my local community theater, and we're using microphones in the current show as well as in the last one, um, which, you know, I don't know, I don't know how theatrical all the listeners are, but you don't always use microphones in your shows, you're, you know, you're supposed to project, but, uh, because of the nature of these various shows one was a big 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 musical and uh one of them uh, i think because it's an agatha christie play he just wanted us micro mic'd so that there was less risk of people missing out on some of our words um but uh we've been wearing mics but the the thing that i didn't know until these shows is that sometimes you literally put a condom on the mic pack to keep your sweat from getting to it and when our sound guy during Mamma Mia was telling me that he was like, he was, he was talking to us as a cast and he was like, we're going to get you guys some condoms for your microphones. And I was like, what, what does he mean? I, I immediately assumed that he did not mean literally just condoms, uh, but he did. And then a big box of condoms showed up and even weirder still, they are unwrapped condoms, which I don't know if you've ever interacted with condoms, but they usually come individually wrapped. So I don't know whose job it was to sit there and unwrap a bunch of condoms. But yeah, I'm just I'm just wrapping up a mic packing condoms all the time now, and that's my life. Yeah, that's what you do. Just what you got to do. Until I mean, it's closing weekend this weekend, so now I'll stop. I'll stop putting microphones in condoms for a little while, but I may return. Yeah. Well. You do what you got to do, I guess. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, you know what else happened today? Tell the, me. The season of uh, Cowboy Bebop came. Oh, I haven't watched any of it yet. Oh, that's another thing I have to do because also Diamond and Pearl are out and there's a new Pokemon in Unite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I I watched two episodes of it. Oh, this is because we're definitely going to be watching this for the next Monday episode. Yeah. So uh, we will revisit this conversation, but hit me. Yeah. Be prepared. I've got some opinions. <laughs> oh, sneaky boy. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. I have news. What's that? Uh, well, it's, you know, this stuff in the pre-show section. Um, all right. So a couple of things from from anime and anime adjacent stuff this week. Uh, As I just mentioned, there's a new Pokemon in Pokemon Unite. That's Decidueye, which is probably one of my favorite starters. Definitely Rowlet is one of my favorite starters. 
Um, and I like that whole evolutionary line. Decidueye is in there. I believe, Spencer, have you played with or against it yet? Uh, I played on a team with it. Uh, I haven't purchased it, but uh, man, okay. it is uh, very powerful, and the range it on it is powerful. obnoxious. Yeah, I, I believe... Well, you know, I saw some stuff about it, but it was also in a speculative video from uh, from the YouTube guy Spraggles, or Spraggles, who I, who I follow. Um, and I'm, he was talking about Pokemon he wanted to be in the game. So now I was about to say, I think it has this ability, but that might have been a fan ability. So I don't know. Anyway, Decidueye looks cool. The trailer looks really good. I know uh, Mamoswine and Sylveon are the two Pokemon that came out before that. They both looked really powerful in their trailers. uh, And it turns out that Sylveon was even more powerful than it looked. And Mamoswine was a little bit less powerful than it looked. Uh, But it it sounds like Decidueye might be right right in where you would expect, which is that it's probably going to be one of the new hot Pokemon. Uh, And I've got enough gold to buy it. So I'm very, very excited. I love this Pokemon in general. I'm excited to see it coming to the game. Um, let's see, we'll stick with video games. Um, there's an anime fighter called Jump Force that, uh, came out on a lot of current gen consoles and probably PC. Uh, it is sort of, a not Smash Brothers in that it's not a platform fighter, but, uh, it's sort of Smash Brothers-esque in that it smashes characters from different pop- properties together into a single fighting game. These properties are, of course, Shonen Jump titles. And so, you know, you got Naruto, you got your Luffy's, you got your ble- your Bleachigos, you got your Dekus, you got your Gons. Um, they're all in there fighting each other. Uh, it's got a pretty pretty large roster um, with some really fun, like, lesser known or, or less current people. Like, I think the main character from Fist of the North Star is a playable character. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, however, I don't think it was particularly well received. Um, I've watched a little bit of the fighting from it, and it looks like it's a using a similar fighting system to the Naruto fighting game that Spencer and I have played many times in our past. Yeah, it's a very uh, good game. Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 or something. That fighting system is really fun because it's a just a cup it's based on a couple of simple button presses that let you sort of unlock cool you know, quick cut scenes of your anime character doing cool anime shit. And uh, so the the barrier to entry on being decent at that fighting game is not very high. Uh, and it's mostly just about learning what the gotcha timing is on your character's moves. I like that a lot because I, I don't like fighting games a ton. So I'm really there to have like a sort of fast paced, flashy time. And that Naruto game did it for me. This game looked sort of similar um, but it, it didn't get great reviews. I know a lot of fighting game lovers really want a deeper experience, and I, I suspect that this did not provide that for them uh, based on kind of the assumptions that I'm making. I also heard that the uh, campaign was a bit of a disappointment, and um, I know that there were a lot of people, myself included, that were a bit disappointed that the game decided to go in a somewhat realistic graphic style where the settings that the characters are take, are fighting in are like realistic renders of real world settings from our world. And the concept is that these characters have been pulled into our world. So they are all sort of recognizably themselves, but also touched up in ways that they're not trying to look like they just walked out of the pages of their manga or the, you know, screenshots of their anime, but they're looking like a, a sort of realisticified version of Yugi Muto or whatever. Um, 
it's weird. It's a, it's a weird choice. I definitely prefer the more accurate sort of cell shading style that you find in a lot of those games. Uh, anyway, this is a long story, long way of me saying that this game is shutting down. Um, so this is, uh, I'm specifically pulling this information off of a, uh, an article from Polygon, uh, which is saying that they are pulling, uh, the publisher, which is Bandai Namco, is pulling Jump Force from digital store shelves on February 7th of 2022. Um, it sounds like other internet dependent features will come to an end on August 24th of 2022. So you can buy it online up until February 7th and you can get other online shit up until August 24th. Um, this, uh, this affects the switch, the PS4, the PC and the Xbox one versions of the game. I don't know if there are like, um, is there's like a PS5 version? I don't think so. Um, so I think that's all of the versions of the game. Essentially the game came out in 2019. So, I mean, it's been, it's been going for two years and, um, the, uh, it just sounds to me like the game is just not doing well enough or not popular enough for them to keep supporting the online features. Um, it could be an indicator that the uh, the sequel to it is coming. I suspect that it's really just the fact that they aren't seeing the interest that they want to see. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a bit of a bummer for us anime fans. But you know what? If you want to play it, there are still physical copies out there. You can always buy a physical copy. Yeah, um, I mean, if you're going to play physical also, copies like some kind of person in the past. I always buy physical copies. I hate having digital copies only. You're living in the past. <laughs> it makes me worried that there's going to be some problem with my like SD card and then I'm going to lose all my games and instead of just popping a, popping a thing in there. Um, I mean, I guess I could be robbed. Nothing is safe. Anyway, uh, there's another game coming that looks wild. It is called Dragon Ball The Breakers. Dragon Ball The Breakers is an asymmetrical horror survival game. What? In which, whoa, yeah. One person takes the role of, it looks like Cell or Frieza or, I don't know, one of the other, I think Majin Buu. And the other characters take the role of, like, Bulma and, um, uh, what's his name olaf the pig um and you're you are like the lesser powerful dragon ball characters and the point of the game is that you are on a map trying to elude the person playing as the monster character and i think construct a spaceship that can get you out of there while the monster character is walking around trying to find you and eat you so that they can progress through their forms and become perfect cell or, you know, final form boo or whatever. Uh, the trailer is real good. Um, it just, it is not at all even kind of what I would have expected from a Dragon Ball game, but it makes a certain sense, especially because the trailer leans very heavily on cell and that is very much the vibe of the early Cell saga. Um, and I don't know. It seems cool. Uh, I don't I don't remember where it's coming out exactly. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Um, oh, no. Dragon Ball. So, yeah, this was just a sort of, I want to say a kind of 
off the wall like nobody was expecting this kind of thing i don't know i'm not i'm not deeply entrenched in the um the dragon ball video game universe like it's just it's not a series that i like i said i don't like fighting games very much uh i've heard dragon ball fighter z is very good but uh i just it's not my thing um so it's not the kind of gaming universe that i pay a lot of attention to but uh, this one is totally different it looks really interesting and it's coming for pc ps4 xbox one and switch so kind of all of the current things um so yeah keep your eyes peeled on that i don't see a release date and i'm on bandai's website so they probably haven't announced a release date yet but uh that looks super sick and uh is kind of an exciting anime thing yeah and then the last thing i have is a live action adaptation of something that is arguably an anime (laughs) um which is avatar the last airbender as uh, you may remember is getting a live action adaptation on netflix and uncle iroh has finally been cast uncle iroh is uh, a beloved fan favorite character and he has been cast to be played by paul sun hyung lee which, if uh, if you don't know him by his name, he plays Appa on Kim's Convenience and is the probably absolute perfect casting for Uncle Iroh, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, it sounds exciting. Um, uh, Have you watched Kim's Convenience? Yeah, I've watched all of Kim's Convenience because I love that show. Okay. Yeah. It's very good. It's not quite Shit's Creek, but it does sort of scratch that itch a little bit. Okay, and with that, we have episodes to cover today. Uh, so, Blake, can you give us a recap of what's happened previously on Mob Psycho 100? Boy, can I, and by which I mean maybe. <laughs> um, so, Mob Psycho 100 takes place in more or less modern-day Japan. Uh, it focuses on a kid who goes by Mob. His actual name is Shigeo. Uh, Mob is a very powerful, very gifted psychic. I, I think pretty much just naturally so he doesn't uh, so far we're only what is this we're covering seven and eight today Mm -hmm. i haven't really seen him working on his psychic powers in any like major way it just seems to be a thing that is true about him uh part of the reason that i'm under that impression is that mob is just kind of like dispassionate about and disaffected by kind of everything going on around him so he's uh He's, I mean, I don't know, not that dissimilar from the other series by the same creator. One Punch Man, the protagonist, is very powerful, but is just kind of like in a state of malaise at all times. Mob is very much that. However, his malaise comes from being a middle schooler who just thinks that everything about him is kind of subpar at best and sort of doesn't know what to do with himself. Um, Mob, being a very powerful psychic, has found himself in a couple of situations in which he's had to put those powers to the test, despite his kind of reserved nature, um, and has shown off that he's super powerful and very dangerous. Um, In particular, he's dangerous in a specific way that uh, at one point he got knocked unconscious, and instead of that taking him out of the fight, that unlocked a sort of like autopilot murder version of himself that was very very uh risky for the person that he was fighting against um and mob in general is presented as having a sort of like explosionometer in which uh he he is slowly creeping up towards 100 and that is a sort of like 100 level of 
tension or stress or anger or whatever just kind of just kind of the swirl of emotions that you get in puberty he he's got that going on and at some point he gets to 100 percent and he explodes Mm -hmm. Um, that's happened once or twice in the show so far um and that's sort of uh I don't want to say gimmick because gimmick has a sort of like negative connotation. That's not exactly what I mean. That's a, that's a uh, gimmick of the show that, um, that comes up periodically to show that mob is getting more and more tense, even though his exterior is generally until he hits 100%, his exterior is generally kind of always a little monotone, always a little disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, he is also trying really hard to better himself in ways that are not related to being psychic because the thing, the fact that he is psychic is not something that's like super important to him or that he places a lot of stock in. It's just a thing that's been true of him. What he really wants to do is be a muscly boy. So he's been working out with, uh, with a group of muscly boys at his school, trying to become one of them. And, um, that's that's more or less what he's been up to. He also has a, a side hustle, an after-school job, in which he works with a guy named Regan. Uh, Regan is a con artist who pretends to be a powerful psychic, exorcist, etc., um, and who has conned his uh, clients as well as Mob himself. Because uh, along with being sort of depressed, Mob is also naive and trusting of adults, and Regan is taking advantage of that. Uh, Regan is not necessarily a bad person, although I'm sure we could have philosophical disagreements over that. He's presented as a generally affable guy, but the type of guy who is always looking for a way to get a leg up and looking for how this situation can benefit him personally. So he's not like a complete asshole douchebag villain is what I'm getting at. Um, but he is a bit of a, a morally snaky guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's likable, even though he's sort of a bad person. And I mean, he's taking advantage of people by claiming that they have spirits or sometimes acknowledging that they have spirits and then claiming to have gotten rid of them. Um, there are spirits in this world uh, that haunt various places. One of uh, I believe the term for these spirits is called is dimple. But also a specific spirit showed up recently that goes by the name of Dimple. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm confused on that or if it is just a sort of ambiguous double usage. Uh, But there you have it. There's a spirit named Dimple that recently got into a confrontation with Mob, thought that he could take over Mob's body, was uh, unprepared for how naturally powerful Mob is, and was reduced to a sort of like minuscule very very depowered gaseous state mm-hmm. uh, mob has a brother named ritsu ritsu is sort of the reverse of mob a little bit he's generally well liked at school he seems like he's a good student um he is a high-ranking member of the student council but he does not have psychic powers and uh just like mob he wants the thing that he doesn't have so he's very jealous of mob's natural psychic abilities he feels completely inferior to mob even though mob feels completely inferior to ritsu and from a social step perspective ritsu is definitely on the uh on the advantage here uh but ritsu just uh he's dissatisfied that mob is this you know, naturally powerful psychic and he didn't get any of that. So he really wants to become a powerful psychic in the course of dealing with this. He has become a total asshole at school. The student body president has decided to clean up crime by committing some his himself. 
in that he is going around school having Ritsu steal like girls panties and shit uh missing missing musical instruments all kinds of things so that he can blame uh people at school that he doesn't like generally sort of the you know more troublemakers in the class the people that if you were to have something come up missing you'd probably suspect them anyway and he's he is accusing them while ritsu has planted the stolen things that ritsu is actually responsible for stealing in the personal belongings of the accused so they are they are falsely accusing people and planting evidence on them and are sort of creating a uh a uh you'll see it in this episode you're, they're kind of creating a not quite kill the kill levels, but a sort of real world version of a totalitarian regime in the student body council uh, by, by bringing all of these people sort of in line with their, um, with their illicit schemes. Uh, also Ritsu was pulled into a psychic, like a, a psychic study lab. I don't know. Uh, there's like a group that's trying to, foster the psychic abilities of young people ritsu was mistaken for shigeo and was pulled into this lab and uh determined that he did not have any psychic powers although as our last episode ended he ran into dimple kind of hanging around outside of Mobin uh and ritsu's house and was able to see him which does seem to indicate that he actually does have some degree of psychic powers and i believe that's everything you know and is a good place to pick up with today's episode episode seven episode seven exultation i've obtained lost uh here's here's the thing uh, the characters inside of this show at the different places, schools that they go to, uh, they have like different names of different foods. It seems like that they're named their schools yeah. after. And instead of having a, a name of a food or something like that, instead, they're going to name a drink and it's white tea poison. And that is the name that has been given to mob's secret person that he people think that he is which is the leader of this gang at the school mob goes to which is going yeah, around and accident- knocking out people right he's accidentally gotten into a few scrapes with some like local gang leaders because the thing is and i don't know enough about this everything i know about this i've learned from watching shonen anime so i suspect that it is not 100 percent accurate but it is a very common trope for young adults or not young adult uh young pubescent males to be gang like in that they are constantly fighting over territory getting into literal like you know knockdown drag out fights in the streets and like sort of having these territorial disputes you see it in yu yu Hakusho, you see it a little bit in bleach you see it here it, it shows up in shonen manga that are set in present day japan constantly to the point that it is hard for me to believe that there is not some truth in this but i don't know it's also hard for me to believe that there are like unregulated gangs of roving middle school boys having you know, brawls across Japan. So I don't know where the truth lies. I suspect somewhere in the middle, but this, this is a common trope and uh mob has just accidentally gotten himself wrapped up in a few of these scrapes and uh, has accidentally developed a reputation for himself, but 
everybody believes that he is the gang leader at the school that mob goes to and that he's doing these things on purpose to assert a sort of regional dominance over the other gangs at the rival schools and so they all set out individually to find and destroy the person that they have deemed white tea poison who they think is trying to find and destroy them and who is actually completely oblivious and didn't didn't intend it for any of this to happen yeah not just normal levels of oblivious like ultimate oblivion <laughs> yeah like he probably doesn't even remember that this happened i mean not i, I wouldn't say literally because that would make him sound like too much of a doofus but he's it is not he has not connected any of these dots yeah yeah okay uh the other thing that is happening at the same time is that mob's younger brother ritsu um he's number one he's met dimple uh he tries to get rid of him by punching him a whole bunch and dimple is like okay i'm gonna try to possess the possess you then because uh if i possess you then i can help you out and risu's like okay and so he possesses him but he is so underpowered because the last time he got knocked out that he is not able to really do anything to him instead all he's able to do is just kind of be inside of him and put dimples on his face (laughs) yeah it's pretty pretty goofy and uh he's he says something at some point so like ritsu's powers are appearing and at one point dimple is like here let's do the bend the spoon trick and he's able to do it and he's really excited that he's getting psychic powers and then that's when dimple decides to possess him because dimple is Dimple's kind of like Regan. He's another character that you sort of generally like because you get the sense that he is a sort of goofy protagonist. But he's also a villain outside of that. Like, he wants to possess a powerful psychic so that he can become a sort of global ruler. And he tried this with Mob and it didn't work out. And he's going to try it with Regan here uh, in, in part to restart his plans, but also in part because maybe this will let him get revenge on Mob. And yeah, he's not powerful enough to possess Regan. Regan's powers begin to develop that much faster and sort of take a giant leap when Dimple possesses him. Uh, even though Regan is still in control, Dimple's just kind of in there. And then Regan... Regan makes a note of this and Dimple is like, well, I am, I'm channeling your psychic abilities or I'm like, I'm focusing them so that that's why you're able to do these things. And I don't, I don't know. I guess there's no reason not to take Dimple at his word, except that Dimple has been shown to be a largely ineffectual, uh, largely duplicitous character prone to lying. So there was a part of me that was like, I don't know that Dimple is actually focusing his psychic powers as much as Ritsu's psychic powers are being awakened by being in contact with a spiritual being in such a way. Um, but there's not really any in-universe... I mean, the I don't know. Maybe Occam's razor is that Dimple said that because that is what is true and that is what the creator intended. But there was just a part of me that was like, I don't know if that's accurate because of how weakened Dimple is. Um... But either way, the end result is that Ritsu's psychic powers are not only burgeoning, but they are growing quickly. Yeah, yeah. And the big thing that Dimple is starting to do as well is, I don't know if he's intentionally deciding to do this. Uh, I don't know. I don't don't even really know if Ritsu can hear him while he's in his head. But Yeah, that's not clear. He is starting to place some influence on him um 
and uh, Ritsu I might wonder about that. <laughs> but also, Ritsu might have some deep down things that are going on with him that are a little bit more messed up than I expected them to be. Yeah, I, I didn't read this as Dimple's influence. So what, what what Spencer's getting at here is that Ritsu starts going out and beating people up and starting shit. He sort of doubles down on the planting evidence con and just all of the negative things that he's been doing he's doing it more and he's also talking in a more aggressive way he's starting to like plot against his brother he's just he's switching from a a sort of quiet and distressed and maybe misguided teenager into more of a direct villain path and to me, I didn't read this as Dimple's influence in no small part because maybe un- undercutting what I just said about Dimple, you know, focusing his powers. But Dimple at one moment is like, what the hell is happening to him? His personality is totally changing. And so it may be that that is, again, the influence of the the possession and that Dimple is misinterpreting how things are going. But to me, it seemed like Ritsu, uh, this is, I guess this is just like a really relatable thing. That like Ritsu has wanted this thing, specifically in this situation, psychic powers for a long time. And psychic powers are enticing to him in no small part because they give him a certain sense of power and agency over his life. A life that I have interpreted him as feeling like he is sort of powerless in and being swept along by. And so to me, I think this really reflects a pretty common human experience of like, I wanted something, I wanted power that I didn't have because I felt powerless. And when I got power, it swung, the pendulum swung too far in the other direction and made me into an asshole that instead of using the power to help myself, I used the power to raise myself above others even more by pushing them down. Mm. And that's kind of what he's doing here. Uh, But it it may be that the fact that he's being possessed by Dimple, but I don't know. I'm suspicious. I think that this is just a person thing. And also, you know, he was already kind of on a dark path before Dimple came along. Yeah. Okay. So here we go with the other thing that's happening inside of this episode, which might be my favorite thing, thing that happens inside of these episodes, yeah. which is that... I, I, arguably completely unimportant, but so delightful. Yeah. Okay. So there's like <laughs> these two con artists and they're like, hey, little boy, uh, Mob, what's going on? Uh, come in here and look at this vase. And Mob's like, uh, okay. And they're like, okay, how would how much do you think this vase is worth? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, it's worth five Not million. And I'll give it to you today for four million. And he's like, I don't have four million. And she's like, Well, what about two million? And he's like, I, I don't have two million. And she's I'm a like literal okay, middle school student. Okay, how about how about five hundred thousand? And he's like, I don't have nearly that much money. And she's like, What about your parents? And he thinks about it and he's just like, I've seen their checkbook, they don't have that much money. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then she like uh she's like, Why don't you just hold it? And he's like, uh what? And then she bumps it and breaks it and mob no she tries to break it but he catches it with his psychic powers yes but then when when she puts it back up she tries to bump it again and then she cracks it and when Uh she breaks and cracks it mob's like oh god what have i done completely oblivious to being conned (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so great. She and the other con man come in real hot, like, oh my God, it's broken. What are you going to do to fix this horrible tragedy? Because they're like, it's a, you know, it's a sacred lucky vase that brings, you know, magical good luck to you. And it's worth all this money. It's really just some shitty vase. And mm-hmm. like, they are just, they are full on on the, this is an art gallery. And the you break it, you bought it is even worse in terms of expensive art you know, in essential items like art. And here you are. What are you going to do to solve this problem that definitely you caused and was not orchestrated by us? And so mob phones a friend and that friend is not his mother, but is actually his boss, Regan, the con man. (laughs) Yes. And when Regan comes in, he's just like, okay, number one, I immediately know that you're conning him. Number two, Uh uh, you guys uh you shouldn't be doing this and uh because of that you you need to leave my friend alone and there the guy's just like you need to pay up and grabs uh grabs regan by like his lapels which was a bad move because regan also a con man is just like oh my god (laughs) you touched me oh you hurt me so badly you owe me for medical expenses and then the guy's just like he yells at him, and he's just like, oh, that hurt my ears. You owe me for more medical expenses. And then he gets up in his yeah. face, and he's just like, "Your the smell of your breath is so terrible that you owe me more medical expenses. <laughs> yeah, he also claims emotional distress at one point. And then one of them, even even more than the, the breath smell, is just like so petty. And he basically, and so he, I think he charges them one million for each infraction. And at the end of it, he's like, so now, you know, you owe me the same amount that he owes you. So why don't we call it even? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And you know, I think this is what I was referring to. Regan is not a good person because people who con other people are not doing a good thing. Uh, and Regan knows what he's doing. He's not oblivious to the fact that he's tricking people out of their money by sort of playing on their superstitions and fears. Although, you know, ghosts are definitely real in this universe, so, like, their superstitions are not wildly misplaced, but, like, he's not necessarily accurate that they are being haunted while he's convincing them that they're haunted and needing to pay for a solution. And, like, actually, at the beginning of this episode, it wasn't noteworthy, but I guess here it is. He's giving somebody a massage to relieve their tension, and claiming that he is relieving their possession, like the weight that they feel on their shoulders is from being possessed. And so he gives them a massage to relieve that tension when really they were just, you know, I don't know, carrying tension in their shoulders and it released when they got massaged. Cause that's a, uh, you know, that's a human body for you. And so he's just like, he's bullshitting them and he's kind of a bad person because of it, but like, he's just so damn likable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's the other thing that's happening um, <laughs> inside of this episode that makes me laugh so much is that this guy that's been a complete <sighs> dick. He's like p- the president of, uh, he's like the president of the school that they go to, both Mob and Ritsu. Yeah, he's I the think. one that's been, he's the one that's been getting Ritsu to do all these bad things so they can kind of like rule the school. Yeah. So um he uh he is continuing to be a, a dick to a bunch of different people, but it turns out that Ritsu after getting more and more powerful is going to go mess with these other high school 
gangs and just beat the crap out of them to become uh-huh. more and more powerful. And while this is happening, the the other guy is just taking the brunt of everybody getting beaten up and they're just like well you must be in charge of this person that's beating everybody up so we're gonna come beat you up and they come and find him in his house Ritsu is like what's going on with you and he's like I don't want to do this anymore it's over and it's just a house full of garbage (laughs) yeah it's great because it's like there's this whole thing about white tea poison which is a rumor started independent of mob about mob based on a misunderstanding of mob. And then there's Ritsu who is going around doing basically the things that they were claiming that white tea poison was doing and has been mistaken for mob more than once because they are brothers and they look similar. And, you know, also because in Japan, until you know somebody, you address them by their last name and mob and Ritsu have the same last name. So people are like, are you, I don't remember their last name. Are you, you know, this family? And Ritsu's like, yeah, that's me because he is. And, uh, and um, so Ritsu is now basically like adding credibility or continuing to add credibility to the white tea poison, you know, misattribution rumor. And then, because the student body president is like connected to him, he like gets the shit kicked out of him multiple times. And it is awfully satisfying because other things that happened before this is that the, the president is really like going even further on the power trip and is really becoming a sort of megalomaniacal villain. And then he just gets beat down so hard that he immediately switches and is like, I don't want any part in this. And Ritsu shows up and is like, you are the student body president. You are the one whose idea it was to do all this bullshit. You are the one who made me join you in the doing of this bullshit. And you're not about to walk out of this right now. And also you've been talking mad game about cleaning up the garbage at the school and your apartment is full of garbage. So maybe you should have started at home first and it is so fucking satisfying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's great. We are garbage people living on garbage Island. Yeah. Okay. So Ritsu, uh, while he's going to confront more middle school gang thugs also runs into, uh, our good friend who now has (laughs) man, his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is the best. So, so, um, I, I, God, why did I forget his name? Uh, it's, uh, it's Teru. Yeah. Um, Teru is yeah, gonna, he's, he's gonna run into him and he, uh, he is now wearing a, a, a big giant wig that is sticking up way far above his head. Um, there's also it's like this good. great moment of hilarity where there's like a gust of wind that, Number one, it's going to have a moment where these girls that are looking at him are, it's going to blow up their skirts a little bit, which I was like, that's weird. But also, um, it's going to blow into his hair and he has to like hold on to his wig so it doesn't blow away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then it's so good. It's like one of those, it's like a, you know, founding fathers colonial time rules applied to this wig like it is so huge yeah it looks like marge simpson's hair it's very very good yeah Um, Um, but also teru if you don't remember got into a spat with mob and was himself a very powerful psychic and actually was kind of beating mob until he knocked him unconscious and unlocked murder mob and uh and so you know 
Um, he's been put into his place a little bit, but he's also not necessarily somebody to be fucked with. And uh, Ritsu is pretty much immediately like, I will fuck with you. And uh, Teru is pretty much immediately like, I will wreck you if you try this. So, so cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, the other thing that uh, is going to happen at the end of this episode is that Ritsu, because he is put down by Teru and he's not strong enough to match up with his level, is instead going to be like, okay, I need to become more powerful, and the way that I'm going to do this is by fighting more people and becoming more powerful. And so he uh, starts to confront... More and more of these thugs until uh, Mob shows up and Mob is just going to be like, hey, uh, what's going on? And that takes us into episode eight. The older brothers, uh, the older brother bows destructive intent. And this starts out with Mob being like, I am sorry about what my brother has done. He he's been uh, shouldn't have done this. And he like bows to them and they start to beat up on him. And mob's like, it's okay because uh, you just need to apologize. Um, and yeah. uh, Ritsu's having none of that because Ritsu is totally reveling in the fact that he has psychic powers and now he cannot be messed with. And he is like, baffled and disturbed by the fact that mob is not also using his psychic powers to beat them up mm-hmm. and is instead completely refraining from it and apologizing. And like Ritsu is like, these are bad guys that were trying to hurt us. And I hurt them worse so that they wouldn't. And mm-hmm. mob is just sitting there being like, I'm really glad that you have psychic powers and let's go enjoy that and not be any, be involved in this and like how can we get out of this without like having it follow us from here and it's just it's really that's really delightful and it also is a good example of like sort of in universe showing through their character actions how this there's like a gulf growing between these two characters yeah uh the other thing that is going to be happening in the background but quickly going to become the foreground is that uh there is a shadow group of people uh one of them is a guy who controls a katana with his psychic powers uh who has killed a bunch of people or knocked out a whole bunch of people in this place called the awakening lab and then there is this other guy and his name is going to be koyama and he is a another adult psychic uh who is coming to capture who he thinks is ritsu but it turns out is mob uh because they have heard about a very powerful psychic and they're trying to lure him in and deal with him uh we don't know what they're going to do with him yet switch that they think it's mob but it's actually ritsu that he's trying to kidnap but they also are using information that assumed that Ritsu was mob. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's what I they was got getting this information at. from the awakening lab, which was the, the group that was trying to foster psychic powers that mistook Ritsu for mob. So yeah. it's sort of a full circle, one eighty misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Koyama is going to get into a fight with mob. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Man, Mob is going to get completely beaten down until Ritsu is stepping in to try to deal with him as well. But Ritsu is taking taking care of much faster than Mob was. But because he, he he beat up on Mob's brother, Mob loses it. 
and goes into 100%. And then we get the best fight sequence, arguably, in the show up to this point. Um, and, Definitely uh, the best one up to this point. Uh, a lot of people argue that this might be the best inside of the first season. Uh, I disagree. You'll see one later that I think is better. But this fight sequence, if but you I have never see it. seen it, is astoundingly good. Uh, Koyama yeah. fights with this ability where he wraps psychic energy around his arms um, in like a like a tentacle that wraps around his arms, and then uh, at the very base of his fist. Um, it like balls up into energy and that has the ability to break through psychic barriers and uh, mob tries to put up barriers, but uh, can't stop this first barrage that he gets until he gets to a hundred. And then he's just going to fly around and slamming Koyama into things um, until Koyama is uh, arguably almost completely defeated and uh yeah there's a there's an interesting line here that indicates that he is going into his unconsciousness murder mob mode but he is also still somewhat conscious so he's like controlling it but they 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 say something to that effect but they really pretty quickly brush past it and just get back to fighting each other so mm-hmm. it's a little unclear but but basically mob gets a power up from from going into this sort of like uninhibited mode and starts to win uh, until until this final turn in the fight. Yeah. Um, and the final thing that's going to be inside of the fight is that Koyama is going to get up and people are like, oh God, he's got a knife. And so Mob is going to try to stop the knife, but it turns out it's not a knife. It's a knockout spray. And he sprays it on Mob, knocks Mob out. Mob, uh, he grabs Ritsu, runs away, and Mob pops up, but it turns out he's just passed out. And all of these different, um, all of these different mob guys, or not mob guys, but gang guys, uh, are going to be like, <laughs> "Oh God, what's happening with this?" Um, and uh, that's that's basically that's basically the end of the fight sequence. the The last day yeah. of the episode is that uh, Dimple is going to take them over to the Awakening Lab, uh, find out that Ritsu was uh, taken. And the reason he was taken was by this shadow organization called Claw. And they're going to be taking him over to a hideout. And that's going yeah. to uh, kind cool. of kick off the end game of the first season. Yeah, really. I mean, if you know that, that Mob Psycho 100, it's what, 12 episodes, you can really feel that, like this plot line has the, the capacity to take the rest of the episodes. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it is not the direction I was expecting this to go in, and I liked it a lot. Uh, Claw is Claw is said to be like a shadow organization of powerful psychics, and specifically they take psychics when they're young and uh, train them and sort of brainwash them to be um, sort of powerful psychic soldiers for the organization. It actually reminded me, I read a, I read a recent Stephen King book called The Institute. It reminded me of that a little bit. Um, and uh that was a good book this was a good episode also if you're watching along with us i mean this episode's great if you are not i would say that you can watch episode eight by itself if what you want is to see a really good really well animated fight there's definitely plot happening on both ends of the fight but a lot of the runtime of this episode is taken up by just a sort of visual smorgasbord of action and if that is your taste you will really enjoy it even if you have not been watching uh and if you haven't been watching but you'd like to watch 
I mean, you should watch it, but if you if you haven't been watching but you've been listening, I mean, it's not like you're going to learn anything that you haven't heard here. So uh, feel free to just go check out episode eight and get sort of a high-quality Mob Psycho experience. Um, and then, yeah, finally, just a reminder that I also maintain a YouTube playlist on our podcast playlist uh, or on our podcast YouTube channel of anime fights and uh this one will be appearing there and there are lots of other good fights on there so if you're ever just looking for some anime fights go check that out uh and you'll you'll be able to find this one on there soon yep and with all that being said stick with us after these credits and we'll uh give you what's coming on next week blake and spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions and presented as part of the geekly grind podcast network Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on Comic Book Keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden, episodes 119 and 120. Oh, wait. Uh, didn't you mean to say that we were watching episodes 119 through, like, 135? I did not. Oh my god, that's like so much less Shippuden that we normally cover. This must be oh, yeah. a very important part of the show that we're about to cover, right? And not a uh, a complete flashback where we're not going to get any payoff from it for many, 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 almost three years of content of Shippuden? Um... Fuck.